this is Collectors Anonymous with Jan Becking or Whale EX on Instagram. This is a huge, huge collector we have in the space right now. I can't tell you how excited I am. Welcome, Jan. Thank you so much, Carlos. Great to see you and uh, Merry Christmas. I'm Merry glad Christmas. to be with your with your show. Yeah, Christmas edition show, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's been a crazy space. I'm really excited to to have you on the show to talk about your collection and how long you've been collecting and in the space. Um, I've seen some pretty incredible receipts <laughs> from purchases yeah. of yours back in the day. I think that's really, really something you don't see very often. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Norwegian. I'm, um, um, I've been collecting since 2008. So, uh, so, uh, 12 years on, yep. um, I, I collect uh, English and Japanese, mainly sealed products and raw cards. That's my yeah my um, my main goals. I also collect slabs, uh, you know, graded cards, but uh, I don't. That's not my priority, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it's boxes. I think that's why uh, we get along very well. Is because we're both gotta kind of have like the same taste in uh, in Pokemon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need to steal as well, right? So uh, boxes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I've I like it. I liked a lot of I like a lot of steel products. I have I don't even have that much set up right now. Um when I went to LA I, I took a lot down to like bring out there and show off and stuff. But yeah, I'm a huge sealed collector too. But your your sealed collection is, you know, a lot of people actually talk about. It. I don't know if you know about that, but you are you are the subject of a lot of praise in a lot of people's circles. are like, oh fuck, I wish I had a box collection like, like Jan does, and it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Um, you have one of every single box, right? Almost, almost. Not. Oh not really? All, but I, I thought you did. Almost. Yeah, I I still miss uh, I I still miss a few, but I have almost all. Yeah, and yes. not all variants though. Yep, that's true. I mean. But just getting to that point, I think you know we're not we're not worried about variants. <laughs> that's that's impressive at it by itself. So you're just looking at it at that point, you know, and you're able to really really show people like the generations of Pokemon and the way that they made boxes through your videos on Instagram, which have become you know I don't know super popular in my eyes. But I don't know if you see the same thing. A lot of people. They talk about your um, your your videos, especially the one where you kind of have all the boxes lined up around your kitchen table, and it's like a wall, yeah, and it's like a little fortress. Yeah, oh my goodness. That video alone is like, I cannot believe it. Like, all generations from base to, like, now, and it's, I think that's really special, because, like, I, I see a lot of people, they only collect, like, vintage, or they only collect semi-modern, modern product you collect from every single era and i think that's every cool. era i think that's really really cool and not not a lot of collectors are like that so that's that's something special Jan, for sure so uh, you know like we had a great fun filming that video uh back in easter time i think it was that was great fun with yeah. the kids and everything and we did many versions so i've been uh i've been uh pushing it a, a bit on my channel <laughs> on instagram so i'm trying to hold off a little bit but i'm quite proud of that by the way, I did the Christmas tree uh, video uh, yeah. yesterday, I think it was. That was quite cool as well. 
So you're right, I, I'm a completionist. So uh, if, you, if you don't count all the variants, I, I, you can say I have all the boxes. Yeah. Um, but, um, um, you know, I collect all, I'm a collector by heart, you know, so, so I'm into this for, you know, just collecting. I never sell anything. Yeah, you know, uh, you don't. I'm just, just a buyer, so. Yeah, you know, am I happy with these price spikes? Well, no, it makes it makes it difficult to buy more stuff, right? Yeah, but I I bet it makes it easier to trade because you've made some pretty impressive trades uh, during this climate that I think have propelled you a lot further into your your personal goals, which I think is really really nice. Especially one example I think is the EX Dragon Box you did pretty well on, and yeah. you traded it or you sold it. Uh, no, you traded it, I think. Yeah, that box I actually sold. Oh, you you did actually sell that one. That's okay. the only box I've ever sold. <laughs> but I mean, you took that and you immediately reinvested it into something else, and then all of a sudden you're popping out with like, I don't know, a hundred, two hundred shiny V boxes. I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, I think the uh, whale EX is such a such a great name for you because like it really represents your personality in terms of connecting because you're. You have a lot of everything, and that's that's pretty impressive, dude. Yeah, I have I have quite a lot actually. So, you know, I, I as I say, my 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 uh, my main passion is collecting the raw cards and completing the binders, completing the sets. Yep. So, um, that's that's kind of the main driver for me behind it. But uh, you know, it's it's fun having all these boxes because they're pretty cool to look at. You know, the, as displays. Yeah, to to display them on uh, on the shelves and stuff and and, and you know like that. So um, and uh, they're, they're, <laughs> it's been accumulated some values over the time into that as well. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm quite happy with that as well. It's kind of a bonus, I guess, for a collector to 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 um, to, to um, yeah to get that to value. Get, yeah, your, to, your hobby. Yep. I, I agree. I think that uh, that helps a lot of people, you know, stay in the hobby and keep propelling forward um, with their goals and what they're trying to do. And I think um, you're a great example of, you know, what a collector should be and what a collector can be. Like, I mean, you're you're I don't mean to like say that you're much older, but you are older than us. And so you've had you have like a much better perspective uh, of collecting, I think, because you've had so many more years on us of being able to do that. And, I mean, it goes to show because not only do you have some of these products you've bought from 2012 when you were paying $120 a box for a fucking Hole in Phantoms EX booster box. And That's crazy. You have the receipt. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy, dude. A legendary collections box, $100. Like, that is... Mind blowing. That's awesome. Mind yeah, blowing. Just crazy. Yeah, I think that's. I think I bought wow. two Deoxys boxes for 150 or something each. <laughs> <laughs> that box is. Been... You're right. I've been, I've been a collector since uh, you know I'm. Um, I'm born in the late 60s, so when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, collecting was kind of a big, bigger thing. That was before we got computers and video games and all of that so we collected right. comic books stamps and coins and stickers yeah, and you name yeah. it so, so my collecting gene gene was kind of um um yeah it started there basically 
So I've been collecting stuff all my life. Uh, you know, LPs, you know, you know, I'm not sure if your yeah. generation know what an LP no, is. I know what an LP is, yeah. Laser discs, you know. Yeah. We collected everything. So um so um so for me to, to Do you have um, any crazy LPs that you've kept not too from many. when you were a kid? I've got some Pink Floyd stuff and some U two and I have a Almost a complete seven-inch collection by U2, which I'm, I'm quite proud of. I was that's a big U2 cool. fan. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's cool. And David dope. Bowie, I have a huge David Bowie collection. I think I have all these pieces. David Bowie, yeah. uh, my wife's a huge fan of. She um, she owns a Labyrinth script signed by uh, uh, David Bowie, um, wow, and like Jim cool. Henson and Jennifer Connelly and. All that, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, I think, to have uh, like those artists. You're and you're in Norway, so like you're to be right there when it was actually happening. You know, we're all American citizens. Didn't really get exposed to that. I mean, I didn't get exposed to it at all, no matter where I was born. But you you get what I'm saying. There is you, you grew up right there, and you were able to like see a lot of these bands. So I think it's really cool to have that personal collection or connection to your collection. In terms of, hey, I went to that concert. I saw that song get live played. You know, that's that's fucking crazy. Yes, yeah, so a few of those bands. I like the gold. I think. Well, I I still I always say like the golden era of music was like the seventies and eighties, like sixties, seventies, and eighties, and like that was like the best best time all over the world for music. And you know, there's not to say that music's bad today. That's just like for for me being you know a person who grew up with my parents and grandparents. That's what they listened to, and it was oh man, I'm I'm in love with it. It's it's a beautiful time. So to be able to say that you actually went to those concerts, that's that's pretty incredible, bro. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I think seventies maybe is my favorite era to be honest. Yeah. So so anyway, collection collecting has been a big thing for me uh, about you know since. Um, since I was a child, and um, you know, then we got married. You know, I got married. I started working. I got kids. I mm-hmm. you get occupied with other things. Then you know, uh, I was also you know I was in a big community back in the back in the late eighties. Uh, you know, Commodore sixty four. You know, the early computers. Yep, yep. We we had we had groups. We called them cracking groups. We we you know we broke the codes. And we copied the games kind of illegally, and we swapped games and stuff like that. <laughs> so there was a huge community all over the world swapping these games, and and you put intros on the games with scroll bars, and you had logos and everything. So it was yeah, a huge yeah. community, and um, we had so much fun. I, I've been missing that type of feeling. So uh, so getting back to now, now uh, the last few years into the. The global Pokemon community has been great for me. It's just so it's it resembles me of that that spirit we had back in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. So it's uh, you know it's it's uh, it's a great the Pokemon community is a great community. I think with uh, lots yeah, of um, different different mindsets and different people and yep. and uh, you meet meet all sorts of people all all around the world. So uh, it's uh, I have so much fun. I think Pokemon uh, I, I was, represents you know, uh, a really good of. Uh, diverse types of collectors you know like there's you know there's only so many types of coins you can collect or there's so many types of stamps you can collect but you can be uh, any number of possibility type of collector for pokemon you can be a misprint collector you can be a miscut collector you can be sealed you can be raw you can be um 
like factory uh, factory defect cards. You can be master sets. You can be completed sets. You can do only promo sets. You can do PSA ones. Like the and there's there's people who collect only certain things in like Pokemon, and it's so wide. And I like I like the the range and the spectrum of uh, collectors in Pokemon. It's really interesting because like there's not a lot of you know like music collectors or like sports collectors they like side memorabilia or sports cards you know and there's not really like a lot of different types of you know only collectors i think i'm sure there is but you know i just see it a lot more in pokemon than i do in other places yeah. for sure and the hobby seems to be huge i i didn't know it was that many people after that you know really was into this because yep. I, I, I started collecting, you know, back in uh, 2008, as I said. And my oldest daughter came back from school and uh, she had some Pokemon cards she had traded at, at the playground and she showed it to me. And <laughs> then it all started, you know, the dad gene came in and we both went to the store and we bought the packs and we started opening. And suddenly dad was the guy that was more interested <laughs> than the kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so, um, so, um, but when I, when I started back, back, back then, you only had like, uh, you know, my main sources for information and cards were like eBay, Collectors yep. Cash, Trotsol, Deca World. I didn't really know anyone that was into, um, this was like probably before Facebook and Instagram, I guess. Yeah, late, yeah, probably definitely days. before Instagram. I think Facebook started like mid 2000s. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure there wasn't much of a community or online, you know, community to be able to talk to constantly and like get information on and like YouTube videos were far and few between back then as well. Like yeah, there wasn't yeah. very many YouTubers that were, you know, creating content specifically for Pokemon. Um, and so like to see it difference now, I'm sure it was kind of, you know, harder to collect back cheating. in the day. Harder to find stuff, you know, yep. it's, uh, so, so there were some YouTubers back then. Yeah, I think TCA gaming came in early and may, maybe a few other ones, but, but today everything is instant. Any new thing or rumor, anything, it's posted on everyone's story instantly. So you, you get to know, you understand mm -hmm. anything that's moving or changing or coming or you know going up or going down you, you yeah. know it instantly but back then i was i was kind of uh, kind of alone <laughs> buying cards collecting cards filling up my binders buying the boxes up until yeah. last year i guess yeah. late late through 18 and then i i met you know nas and uh, and a few of the other guys in norway through the and I hooked up on some of the Facebook groups, and wow, I was just impressed by how much yeah, it's pretty... that was really out there. Yeah, yeah. I've been following E4, you know, the the E4 for yeah. forum for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, but I never had an idea that you, for example, had a guy <laughs> like Nas in Norway, yeah. airing live, sell, you know, opening yeah, packs doing on the live streams. Basis. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Huh? So that was crazy. And it was kind of a low point as well when I, you know, so I started in when Gen Four was out there. Yep. Uh, and that was uh, with like Chimchar and Piplup and uh, yeah, can't remember Tur the Turtwig. Turtwig. Yep. 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 Turtwig, the, the, the turtle. Yep. Yep. 
So, so I think Majestic Dawn was the set that was in the stores when I started collecting. So, so that was kind of a down. Yeah. As I understand, it, that was kind of a low point in Pokemon yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. As I started buying, I started getting into the hobby when everyone was running out of the hobby. So <laughs> I, you know, I bought cases of like Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and Legend, uh, Call of Legends, and stuff like that. That's which is super rare today. You know, I I, I sat there opening boxes and filling up my boxes. It's fun to think about. Yeah, I mean, right. Um, have you uh did you go I know over in Europe there's a big like uh community for like tournament playing and like stuff like that so there's kind of like uh you know at least in here in America it is that way too but I know a lot of people over in Europe that they've been competitors since you know 2003 in uh in Europe as a kid you know and then went on from juniors to masters and stuff like that um did you go to any like competitions or uh, prizes like no, that. No, we did. We never really played. I, you know, I, I tried to get the kids to understand the game, but you know, I have three girls, so they were not really that interested into that. Yeah, yeah. The logics of that game, you know. So, uh, but we went to a release party of Stormfront, uh, and we played actually there. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter and myself in two thousand eight, and I think we also went to one of the Norwegian tournaments back in the day in two thousand nine. I think it was, but. That was about it. We never really played the game. We just been collecting the cards. Yeah, I played a little bit on on the on the you know on the PC. There, Nintendo has a an electronic version of the game that you can play. Yep. So I I played that a little bit, but that's it's um, it's for me it's more the physical cards, the artworks, you know, yep. sorting cards, opening packs, you know, opening a case, breaking packs, you know, that's the most fun part of it. Sorting the cards, getting some hits. And filling up the binder and uh, completing a set—that's a great feeling, I think. Oh yeah, oh so yeah, I agree. I had, with that. I, had, I had a tremendous time. I bought the case of um, just recently of the new Japanese set, Shiny V. Yep. And uh, opened, you know, twenty boxes, and uh, that was fun. You know, yeah. almost completed the set, and I bought the rest though from from a guy here in Norway through it. Nice. Yes, nice. some connection. Yeah, the and Japanese, uh, they because it was the ultra shiny V, and then last year it was the ultra shiny GX, and yeah, they have like a lot of different variants of the card. It's not just a reverse hollow; it's like a cracked ice hollow and um, a regular non hollow. So like actually completing the master set is like really hard. That's why like my sets that are completed are old sets with less variance in them and they're um they're definitely uh you know a lot easier to complete because there's no reverse hollows you know like all of watsi pretty much um because i have like a complete set of first edition genesis i have a complete set of uh neo destiny and a complete set of neo revelation and so it's it's a lot easier and a lot, you know, of a funner goal trying to accomplish. Like once you get into like late Watsy and then the rest of the TCG, holy fuck, is it hard to complete a set? Like just completing yeah. a set. Not only that, but then having a master set with all the promos and all the hollows and non-hollow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Like you're just. Yeah, I'm. I'm still working on you know those monster sets from E Series, Scourge, Aquapolis, and. Uh... 
expedition in English. Those are damn hard to complete. I have, I have, I have a complete, I have a complete set, Japanese so expedition. Oh, cool. That's yep. a great set. That's, That's a great set. But, like, English? Oh, my God. I tried to complete it, English, and I fucked. You get all the reverses yeah. as well. Oh, my it's, God, bro. I had crazy. so much from Expedition. I had, like, 30 PSA 10 reverse hollows. I had 10 hollow PSA 10s of Blastoise. Um, and then the Dragonite, the Pichu, the Raichu, um... The Ampharos, I had the Ampharos PSA 10 Hollow. That one I sold for like way too cheap. Apparently, it's way expensive card nowadays. It's only a pop, pop 16 or something. It's very very low pop for Ampharos on that one. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I, you know, I I I like to collect the Japanese sets because you get so much less bulk. You yep. know, I actually lived in Tokyo. I was an expat in really? Tokyo for two years. Yeah. yeah, back in 2000 till 2002. Crazy. I had no clue about I had no clue about Pokemon, but I was quite big back then in those yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, uh, I think I played a game, but didn't know about the cars. But anyway, in Japan, the housing is, the houses are, the apartments are so small. You know, yeah, everything is miniaturized in, in Japan. The cars are small. Yeah. <laughs> everything, the TVs small. are small. Everything is yeah. small. And because of the apartments, they're like 20, 30 square meters. Yeah. They dream about 50, you know? <laughs> in, in, in the US, a bathroom is 50 square meters. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they cannot store all that bulk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, and so, in Japanese, uh, there's not any reverse hollows until like the newer, no newer sets. You don't need to open yep, you don't a have trillion to packs to complete. Yeah, dude, like... Uh, and it, just to just to look at like the mathematics on reverse hollows, like some of these cards, like they should be worth ten times what they are compared to what the hollow version or the non-hollow version yeah. is from that set, because the chances of pulling that is like it's it's like one in a hundred or more. You 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 opening up a pack, you have a one in four chance of pulling a hollow, and then you have like usually a one in you know, 10 to 1 in 30 chance of pulling uh, the specific hollow you want. But to pull yeah, the specific sure. reverse hollow you want, it's a 1 in 100 minimum. <laughs> Those are so underrated. And uh, you're right. When I opened when I opened cases back in, you know, the Platinum Harko Soul Silver era, when you broke a case, you could sit there when you had all the hits, multiples of the hits. But there were always holes in the reverse holo slots. Yeah. Some reverse holos that you didn't get from a case. So That's they crazy. are quite much rarer than you actually think of. Yep. At least they used to be. Yeah, and, I, I uh, think yeah. I, I agree. Crazy. I agree, hundred percent. I'm not sure why they're not that popular. That they're probably hard to grade, I guess, because of the. the they, I have they a few. Get scratches. I have a few um, of the PSA ten reverses. Um, I prefer them in the EX era. They're the fucking best. I don't give a shit what anybody says because yeah, with the stamp, yeah, with the stamp and then the gold lettering for the rares. Like, can you can you imagine a better card? I can't. Like, that's just perfect to have your letters, your the name of your Pokemon in gold. Like, you're you're at the tippy top in my opinion, you know. And I was, I've always been blown away. So like the reverse hollow rares, they really did a great job with those by making them. The golden letters and then the reverse stamp on them uh, for the ones that did have the reverse stamp. I think it was really well done. 
as you know, uh, Nas is having a you know Pokemon for Days is having a grand opening. His, his yep. new concept there in Norway. Yep. Uh, Shout out to Nas MPC Coalition yeah. on um, Pokemon Coalition Pokemon on Ray. Instagram. Uh, he's he's doing a really big uh, event right now. Um, when you see this, it might have ended, so who cares, you know? But uh, he's doing a really big event for a Pokemon artist named Midori Harada. Uh, she's been drawing for Pokemon for like the last 15 years or no longer than that like 16 17 she years? started back in uh, I think I saw the earliest card she drew was back in E-series I think it was an E-series expedition okay so that's 2003 so she's been in 2002 yeah. to 2003 okay yeah so she's been in she's been in the game for a long long time so she's a relatively older artist and she's extremely extremely talented my brother, uh, our brother Nas, um, he's actually hosting an event in Norway. He's hosting her for the grand party of his new store, and or the grand opening of his new store. And I just, I cannot give enough praise to that man, dude. Like that's amazing to be able to get one of the biggest artists for Pokemon, like Midori Harada. I don't know if you guys know, but she did uh, Mysterious Mountains um, in Japanese. And, like, if you know the artwork from the pack and the box, like, that's one of the craziest scenes ever. I don't care what anybody says. Like, that is one of my favorite scenes. And I've said this a million times that in the Japanese art that they actually produce for the boxes and the packs is bar none compared to English. Like, there's nothing comparable. Like, in Japanese, it is so much better there's so much more thought and put into it and they actually give it to a specific artist to like take it over and do it all and that's it you know yeah I know. for sure and speaking about ex and stamp cards so when i looked through her all her cards that she's designed and drawn i i i am um, you know I'm, i have the vip ticket on the wednesday the last day so i might get a few cards signed yeah so I've chosen a um, uh, from Dragon Frontiers. There's a melodic Delta species, a red one. Yeah. Uh, with with the stamp, I have both the the holo and the reverse holo. So, yeah. so those are my two favorites to get signed. As well as I have a Yama, you know the shining cards from from Platinum. The, yep, the yep. Secret rare. The secret rare. Yep. There's, there's a Yama there. It's SH9 or something. Yeah. So those are my three cards to probably hopefully get signed. <laughs> I know it's not a Pokemon signing, so good luck. You know we're gonna. Um, this is it's more of like for her as an artist, and so we're trying to like, or not where he's trying to like, you know, um, put forth her art at, uh, as she makes it. You know, and it just so happens she's one of the one of the biggest Pokemon artists <laughs> in the in the world, and it's crazy. She's not that far from you guys. She lives in Norway, uh, or not Norway. She lives in Germany. So it was just, a, Germany, yeah. yeah, it was just a quick little plane far. ride over there. So that's nice. But also, I I will get in my in the package I bought. I will also get a drawing from her. So yep, I, yep, I ordered sure a drawing if as I well. I can choose myself or yep, yeah, I think yeah. So that would yep. be cool. She's but really talented, dude. Box. She's really talented. She well, does yeah, the watercolors sure. like uh, Mitsuhiro Arita's been doing. He's been doing a lot of the watercolors, and so it's really interesting to see you know the different styles and just. They're both Pokemon artists, both doing watercolor arts, but then they're it's co- two completely different styles, and I think that's really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Even though they have similar the backgrounds. That... Yeah, yeah. 
I saw some of her drawings, and they're just great. The uh, yeah. the Star Wars girl, yep, princess. Uh, oh man, I'm not I'm not the biggest Star Wars buff, so I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, one of the princesses from it was like uh, episode Wars. three, I think, or something yeah. with um, yeah. Darth Maul. I think it was is the bad guy, yep, but yep. it was like the princess. Um, she has like big hair, like this, yeah. And uh, yeah, princess, princess something. Yep. She's the one that marries this uh, dark, uh, dark waiter guy when before he gets the, becomes dark waiter, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I can't remember. I can't remember her name. And then she did. Uh, he did Jon Snow, or she did Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. That's fucking badass. And then she did. Oh, yeah. um, uh the big uh the big machine thing from Howl's Moving Castle uh that Studio Ghibli did and it was um it was really really crazy to see like the watercolor man like how detailed they can get that in combination with like markers and uh like uh black liners you know cuz like you you look at it in the beginning and it doesn't look complex and it doesn't look you know like it's gonna be this crazy intricate piece but then when she's done there's a lot of layers to it and same with the Rita that's why I really like I enjoy his uh, his YouTube videos if anybody ever watches it on YouTube they're really really amazing and they really teach you a lot about watercolors and how to like use them as like a way of um, painting that's you know not very used often I think nowadays and I think it's really cool I should have done a drawing when when he was here last year in Norway, but uh, I, I focused too much on the cards. <laughs> yeah, Nas but he actually. Did for, I saw, saw some people that bought them, and they were just great. Some of those drawings. Oh yeah, and like the, some of the stuff, um, he can like uh, he can do some stuff like just like on a train ride, and like you know like a nice little paper, but it's it's detailed and it looks really really well done. It took looks like it took more time, you know, than his little 30 minute train ride that it took, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. But speaking about, you know, you mentioned Japanese boxes, you know, what's you know, a little bit, you know, what's sad a little bit is when I you know on my channel on Instagram when I get some new Japanese boxes that's you know every Japanese box looks great you know it's every brand new box even from Sword and Shield they just look damn great yeah they do but when I when I post pictures of them I I get no lot you know it's very very few very little interest in it yep so so if I have you know in Infinity Zone or a Legendary Heartbeat or you know, if I post a stack of those boxes with with the with the with a picture of the cover and stuff like that I get 25 percent of the likes i usually get yeah uh, and then i just dump in a scourge picture i get instantly you know 500 likes yeah i know it's the famous if you drop a, yeah yeah and it, it's it's because people can read it people and want to watch it well yeah i agree there but i think uh, a lot of the difference is, is like a lot of people can easily identify what that is you know what i'm saying when it's in english and that's our main market is English-speaking people, um, or at least, you know, within the first or second language. You know what I'm saying? Most people don't have Japanese in any part of their language uh, palette. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see that, you know, the reach on that stuff is, like, way less than it is in English. And I agree 100, 100% because there's... I've noticed that too with my posts. I uh, I post like a Japanese base box and it gets 
a fraction of what you know an English based at box get, but it's because yeah. it's just so easily Great. recognizable. Most people haven't seen, you know, like it's it's like uh, it's like sharing something that's very easily recognizable. Everybody's gonna like a picture of Beyonce because everybody knows the picture of Beyonce, right? But if you post and, and also the, like a slime monster, Japanese, you know, yeah, and also the Japanese boxes, they don't always have the Pokemon logo on it. They they, they have don't. a different logo. Yep, in Japan. You know the red logo with with the uh, with the Japanese letters. So mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if everyone see sees that it's Pokemon stuff basically. Yep. And also compared to the you know I think since maybe Diamond Pearl era or well after Black and White so to speak X and Y and Sun and Moon and uh, Sword and Shield in English those boxes have been you know so boring. Mm-hmm. You know if you know what I mean to look at the the booster boxes. I I don't same, like I don't same. like the uh like the design in English like a lot there's very very few boxes English. in English that even are good in my opinion I feel like they just you know they had like the English branch you know take some pictures that are from the set and then compile them together to put it onto the box you know what I'm saying there you go let's see an example. Yeah, they all look the same, right? Yep. So it's uh, it, uh, the next box is just a different color hair and maybe yep. a logo, and then yep, and different no Pokemon and that's it. Yeah. My favorite so boxes for English is the EX era, like Deoxys, Holen Phantoms, EX Team Rocket Returns, Delta Species, Dragon Frontiers. They they definitely look a lot a lot better than any of the other English boxes. My boy's like holding up a Deoxys sealed booster box. Look at that. Like, wow. That's an amazing box. One. one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely this one is, of my favorites. This is a big, too. This you is can a big see, boy. look at that. You like my you like my, my deal back here? Yeah. From the storefront. I, I had to spend a pretty penny on it. He could have said, you know what? I want double. And I would have fucking paid it. <laughs> It was the first time I ever had encountered one of these. The last time, too. I haven't encountered another one because I would have bought that instantly, too. Um, <laughs> and that so was it. So much of that DX merchandise is so damn rare. You know, it's hard, really hard to find. It's just crazy. Yeah, it is. And, like, especially a lot of the storefront st- stuff because, like, a lot... What happens is a lot of the stores closed down in the early 2000s and uh, late 2000s. And they they were just lost to time, you know. They got ripped down or... They were given away and weren't taken care of properly because what happened? The next set came out and they fucking threw them in the back, you know? And so they had to put the new set up on the window front and throw that one in the back or whatever their program was. I'm not really sure. I wasn't a store owner back then, but it's it's crazy to see these pop up because they don't really pop up ever. And, and they were really chasing the gold stars, so a lot of those boxes have been opened, especially uh, the Oxys and Team Rocket Returns, you know, yep. chasing the Rayquaza mm-hmm. gold star. And it's, uh, you know, it's so... Um, I have I have tried to figure out how many of the Oxys boxes there is left. And from the people I know, I, 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 I don't get further than 20. More That's, than... I only no, know more than 20 t- boxes. Only 20 boxes? 20. Yeah, I think it's it's much rarer than you know. If you take uh, base first edition, it's it's a valuable box. It's it's scarce. It's sought after, but it's it's probably more of those out there than, than the Oxys, I would say, to mm-hmm. be honest. Just I, my I can agree. I can agree. But 
it, it's just it's such a more iconic set you know like it takes a lot yeah, of um, education to know where deoxys actually demand. stands you know yeah definitely yeah. much higher demand too i mean it was the very first set that's like what most american kids were introduced into you know and so you are gonna see like um these kids you know that were just the next generation down a few young years younger than me when they start you know getting enough capital to be able to afford all their stuff from when they were a kid even though it's expensive as hell right now it doesn't really matter but they're really that's when you're gonna really see you know the scarcity of the product show itself because all these new people that are going to want to come into the market and buy the set that they had as a kid aren't going to be yeah. able to do so right away and they're going to need some serious coin and connections to d to find those boxes so i think that you know the base in a couple boxes, years we'll, sh we'll see that you know base boxes we see yeah. them every day all day long i mean i have yeah, i have a bunch so, of them so you know, myself and it's kind of the rookie mentality, I guess. People want the rookie cards, you know, the first first edition especially, but also rookie, the first ones, the yep. first set. Yep. It's it's the same in sports cards and the same it's the same thing in comic, comic books. books. Yep. I mean, yeah. So everything in there every time there's a first new character or anything, it's the value of that comic book is it's much higher than uh, the other ones around it. Yeah. In, in this area. Hundred percent. But but take this box. I think this box is probably the rarest box out there. Uh, this one. Have you seen this one? I I have <laughs> seen this one. For the people who are listening and not watching, he's holding up a red logo jungle box. And it also not has possible. the curved logos, the Watsy logos as well. Normally they're straight. On his box, they're curved. That was a red logo fossil, Carlos, not the jungle. Oh my god, yeah. I, I said jungle? I'm an idiot. Fossil. I need I need to drink some but more they, water because I'm dehydrated and not thinking right. Yeah, for, uh, it's a red logo yes. fossil. So there's um, there's the red logo jungle and the red logo fossil. And the red logo fossil is one of the rarest boxes to exist. Um, I think it's the rarest box. That's yeah? Based on my experience with... Uh, collecting there is no boxes that's rare than that one it's uh it's it's a box i've been looking for for 12 years basically and you just I got that recently it. right like last I year i just got it or like with this last year, year a guy called contact me he had two of them I'm, i regret i didn't buy both but um <laughs> but it's 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 not a cheap box so to speak but yeah yeah so i can see it, why you passed on the second one <laughs> yeah even back a, then, even back then, it's it a wasn't a box. cheap box, you know. Like back then, people were flinching trying to look at that box. So, like even in today's market, you know, like it's not that much crazier to imagine. Because <laughs> back then, it was already a fucking pretty expensive box to be trying to buy. Yeah, so it's it's my, you know, you know my collection scope is quite wide. So being a completionist as I am, it's it's. Uh, it's uh it's um it takes time to collect yeah. <laughs> all yep. of these and there's a lot of there's a lot of variants but i mean you've got one of every box at least so like that's it doesn't matter all these other variants you can you know wave your flag proud i i, I get that your own ocd is gonna want you know drive you to purchase whatever uh but yeah. you know let me be the one that tells you that you you fucking made it, cause you made it. You're at the tippy top. 
Yeah, you're right. I, I, I don't really focus too much on skill boxes right now. I, I'm more into the to to completing the sets. Yep, yep. And uh, trying to fill up um, the the holes in my binders. Yep. So well, there's there are quite a few holes. The thing is, the thing with Pokemon collecting is your focus. You know, the fear of missing out makes sure that your focus changes every hour yeah so uh, you're really into something and then you're into something else and then you move on to something else you know and, and it's and a vicious the cycle sets are left man. behind with holes in them so it takes time you know it's it's yeah. it's a time consuming hobby for sure it's... do you collect cards uh, sets as well uh, yeah cards? yeah yeah i told you i have the first edition genesis set and then the neo revelation and neo uh destiny set as well I like I like yep. a lot of um I try to collect them in PSA tens as well, but I mean that's it's yeah. really, really hard and like the years that I've been in this hobby I've now come to realize it's a it's a it's a losing battle. Like it's really, really, really hard to complete uh, an entire set. Like that's why I see a lot of people just collecting the hollow set in PSA ten and then just fucking cutting it there. Yeah. You're good to go. You that know? makes sense. But for me, being kind of like you, I'm going to want every single card in that set, PSA 10, fucking boom, let's go. And I really learned, you know, the I, I really learned that that's how hard it is um, after I started collecting Topps Chrome and PSA 10. And so I wanted the entire set, and I mean every variant too, not just the Chrome, I wanted Spectra, yeah, Spectra. I wanted Sparkle and Techno in PSA 10, and like... I have That's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible. <laughs> yeah. And it took me I'm a stubborn person, I didn't wanna believe it and I was spending thousands and thousands of dollars, Jan. Cause right when right when it got popular, it got really popular and then all of a sudden these the sealed product you couldn't find anymore. It's ten times what it was. And this is last year. This isn't even this how year. Much did, how much is the top scroll box these days? How much is it? Like 15000 for Series 1 and like 30000 for fucking Series yeah, 2. Yeah, for Series 2. 30K, wow. And it's not many packs in that box either. It's, it's 30 packs. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and are those cards as risky as the older tops cards that they stick together so you they peel off when you open the packs well the, here's the difference between tops and tops chrome so tops chrome has that extra layer for the refractor to go into it so on the top of the card it's a lot yeah. harder than it is on regular tops so yeah. only the back side on tops chrome is like the the the, the side that can get damaged pretty easily because it's that soft okay. cardboard like regular tops is okay yeah, yeah, but the front of it, it's got like a weird clear, you know, clear lacquer. Yeah, the clear coating. Yeah, clear coat on top, and it's like thicker than a regular Topps card, and that's why I think they call it Topps Chrome, because it's like chrome yeah. in a way. I don't know. I call like baseball cards. I, you know, you have Topps Chrome in baseball as well, yep. so I know the cards, but, but I never collected Pokemon Topps cards, uh, really, so I, I'm not really too much into those, to be honest, but they look great. Yeah, they do. Um, I agree. There's not. I think the it's a little bit more of a niche thing. You know, you kind of have to really, really like Pokemon to like like the tops. And I remember even as a kid, you know, it was it was like the 
uh, I don't know, like the knockoff Pokemon pack, you know? Like, my mom was like, oh, I'll buy you that. It's two bucks, you know, versus this fucking $5 pack. And I'm like, nah, fuck the that. I want was like $5? No, no, the regular Pokemon cards were $5. So it was cheaper to get the Chrome shit and or the regular tops. So, you know, my parents or my mom and, you know, other adults were always like, let me buy the cheaper ones. Fuck that. I want the good Pokemon cards. And I still think that that's kind of how people feel about it a little bit, you know. But I love it personally. Yeah. And I... I was really up to the challenge back then, but now I've really got my ass kicked. I have the I have the big three in regular Chrome, PSA 10, in Spectrochrome and PSA 10, and then I only have um, the Blastoise and Venusaur in PSA 10 Sparkle, but I don't have them any of them in Techno. So like, is it tech, tech, Techno is the most rare one? Yeah, that's the hardest one to pull. Um, yeah. It's two Technos per box, and then three Sparkles per box, and ten uh, Spectras per box. So 15 yeah. out of the 30 packs are hits, in a, in a sense. Wow. But, I mean, you know, like, you're, each series is half of, the, half of the TCG in the beginning, first gen. So it was 75 cards here, 75 cards there. And you're yeah. looking at four fucking variants for each card. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at at least, you know, what is that? Three, three, six hundred cards? Wow. Yeah, six hundred cards. Six hundred so cards? It's, like, it's, wow. So it's 150 original, the Gen 1 card. Yeah, 151. So 604. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 151, yeah. Like so crazy. yeah, so tops is all is only generation one, right? Yeah, uh, tops chrome is only generation one. Tops okay. regular tops goes on uh, to the reg- other sets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they stopped making the tops chrome because it was too expensive to produce, and it wasn't selling. So I'm not sure if even tops was sold here in Europe. I, I've never seen it. Uh, it was with. funny. I got told by a shop owner that those tops boxes is that it was. Uh, Tops was upset that they were losing a lot of business and not getting you know kids into sports that they, and it was going to Pokemon. So what they would do is to keep the kids liking sitting in the sports card shops with their parents or their dads. They Tops started producing the Pokemon packs and they literally gave it for free to the to the sports card shops to sell or to give away for free just to like try to hype up the product you know and get it going. But no, nope, yeah, I mean, it never went going. Cards, yeah. yeah, I'm into yeah. it a little bit. Um, I'm into it just into like the collecting part of it and like the history, and I think it's more interesting, you know, because you're you're not only like betting on what you're pulling out of the product, you're betting on whether that player is gonna fucking be good for the next thirty years, you know, no scandals. Yeah. No torn ACLs, no baby mama drama. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's a lot yeah, that that's gonna that takes a lot to 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 ensure that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a bit bigger of yeah. a gamble, but I like it. I think I think it's cool. You know, like how many people who collected like the original Michael Jordan cards or the original Mike Trout cards and we're just collecting it because they liked it. You know what I'm saying? And he just so happened to never t- 
tear an ECL or to, you know, be involved in some steroid scandal. So now he's this big star and his cards are selling for over a million dollars in a PSA 10. Over a million, I think it was like, what, it was like 1.5 or something for that Mike Trout refractor. Um, yeah, that much? Wow. Yeah, crazy. it really. I was blown away, but I, cause and it's like a two thousand five card or two thousand three card or something. I can't remember the date, but yeah, to to see the like value Bowman, like Bowman that, card. you know, it's it's pretty crazy. It really is. Yeah, because when you buy the Bowman, you know, the Bowman Chrome or the you know the prospects or the yeah, yeah, I think it was a Bowman Chrome or something. To be honest, yeah, you you can buy you can buy tons of that stuff, and it's ten years down the road, it's worthless because most of those cards, their players never became anything. Yep. So uh, you know, you have Aaron Judge and Mike Trout and those guys, but they they don't come around every year, right? Yeah, I don't think that happens all the time. But, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, it's really cool to see, you know, uh, a Norwegian collect sports, you know, and it, is, like, I is like baseball, baseball cards as well. is baseball, like, big in Norway? Is, like, uh, is that, like, a bigger nah, sport, or? I wouldn't call it big. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I like baseball. I always liked baseball since I was a kid, so, um, so I, I try and watch it. I'm a Yankees fan, and, um, you know, it's, I can't um, tell. I cannot tell, by the way. Yeah, you can't tell. <laughs> they were playing well lately, but uh, they didn't win this year either. So it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's um, it's a great sport, I think. Was it it's hard? Slow, uh, but... Was it hard to get like the programming over in Norway when you were a kid? No, you have the MLB app on Apple TV. No, you I'm saying when you were a kid. Oh, that was hard back then. It was yeah. hard. I, I wasn't really following the games back then, so oh, it's. Okay. it's Something I started watching since you know two fifteen to sixteen maybe. Oh okay, because it was more available in Norway. Yeah, it's been more available. Yeah, but we cool. played baseball. When I was a kid, we played baseball. Oh uh, really? Where I lived, so. That's cool. So we actually we played the game or a variant of it. So uh, right, right, right. Uh, more like more like softball, softball where you pitch underhand. Right. But. Uh, that's cool. That's really cool. Sorry, it's, it's not a big. It's not a big sport in Norway, to be honest. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, we are winter country, you know, skiing, snow. Yeah. Snow sports in the winter time. Um, fast sports, you know, footballs or soccer. Yeah. The most popular one, I guess. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. There's uh, soccer's huge in Europe so I wouldn't have doubted that you know soccer would be big in Norway too is their team any good or do they have a team uh, Norway yeah ah uh, it's not that good <laughs> it's a small it's a small country but we have a few good players though you know this Holland guy yeah he's he's like a big star in uh, he plays in the German leagues yeah his card actually if you have his rookie card that, that will probably capture some value he's 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 uh he might be a huge star going forward really he'll probably end up in some of the bigger spanish clubs yeah Alf Ingehorn. yeah you know it's um he's uh he's uh he's surprised europe i think that's so cool watch him yeah and he's a norwegian yeah. he's a norwegian yeah from the cool. west coast from the west coast yeah because there's a lot of ocean right in in norway yeah yeah 
Lots of ocean. You're like a little peninsula, I think. Yeah, so we have uh, it's it's a huge coastline, big coastline in Norway. So yeah. uh, so it's it's uh it's, You ever it's, go it's fishing on the ocean? Uh, a few times, occasionally, yeah. yeah. I live in the fjord, though, so it's yeah. So it's uh, more inland, or it, it's salt water, but it's it's you know what a fjord is? It's it goes inward. It's into like the a country. it's like a golf, or, right? It's like kind of like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, more like that. Yeah, yeah. So we we live by this by the fjord actually. So our house is just down by the fjord. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I've um I'm, I live in Minnesota in the United States, so there's like no ocean anywhere fucking near me. <laughs> We have the Great Lakes, which is the largest freshwater lakes on the planet, uh, but, you know, that's not salt water, and you're not getting, you know, I like to, I went to uh, Hawaii and Florida, and I've been uh, fishing both times, and I, I really like fishing on the ocean more than, like, fishing on the lake, because there's, it's way more exciting, and I think that there's a lot more going on, and, like, people don't quite understand, you know, why these jobs are, like, some of the most dangerous jobs on the planet, you know, like, crab fishing, or uh, tuna fishing, or um, there's a, a few other types of, like, commercial fishing that happens there, and, like, it's really fucking dangerous. It really is, it, but it's exciting. It's pretty exciting, man. When I you think what... I think one of those guys at you know Discovery Channel they have this crab fishing show with these crazy fishermen, yeah. crazy fishermen. One of the captains there, the big stars on that show, is he's a Norwegian actually. Really, that's yeah, cool. He's Hans and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I think. Uh, any any plans? Any plans coming over to Europe? <laughs> Bro, we had plans to come to Europe. We were supposed to be there for the Arita event, but you know. Oh, you were. Yeah, uh, it just didn't happen. But I mean, now we were, you know, because uh, th- it was supposed to happen in May. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got canceled. The, the, the... Yeah. So we were we were all supposed to be over in Europe or in Norway for that event, but it didn't happen because of COVID, which really really bummed me out because I was really happy to go. Um, and I, me and you know, I don't know if you know, but me and us are pretty close, and we've been close for a while, and so. You know, we've always been planning on coming to see each other, you know, and so like this year was the year to do it because we were like yeah. we were all meeting up, uh, me and RJ and Zayden and a few other people. We were all meeting up in uh, uh, Florida for the Arita signing, and then like me and RJ were gonna fly to Norway for the Arita event with Nas, and we were really fucking bummed. Everything got canceled. Everything, not only. Did the event in Norway got canceled? The event in uh, Florida got canceled. So like I had a big, huge struggle trying to get all my money back uh, from like the Airbnb I rented, like a mansion right on the uh, ocean. You know, I was really psyched to like have all the homies together because I think that that's huge. So like, yeah, I have some plans. I, I really wish that they can come to fruition sometime soon. <laughs> you guys, you went to the Fukuda signing, right? Yes. In Dallas, that you was, went there. Yeah, that was, that was this year early. Yeah, it was late right. Last it was right. It was in January. It was right before COVID. January. Well, I mean, like yeah. COVID was like just starting to get big, and then stuff was starting to close down. You know, um, but in January it was still pretty calm. You know, like people weren't immediately shutting everything down, but we knew that it was like you know starting to infect people. So. We were we were careful when we went to Dallas, but there wasn't any regulation put into place yet. So, it was a really fun signing, man. Um, 
that dude Fukuda, he's he's a really amazing person. Like he's really really nice and he's kind, and he's always in good spirits. You know, like I I feel like this dude is like he gonna be having the worst fucking day possible and still be like, you know, how you doing, bud? <laughs> and be all cheery. Molly, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's. I think that that's really cool to see in an artist, especially one of his caliber, because. You know, to me, he's considered Pokemon royalty to to have created every single oh, Gold sure. Star in the TCG. Like, that, in my opinion, puts him in the royalty He's status. a top five artist. Yep, agreed, 100%. I think he's, uh, he's, he's up there with Arita and Sugimori and yep. uh, Uedo. Yep, which is and Kagemaru, Hineno. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. there's, there's a definitely, like, I, I consider only a few to be, yeah, Pokemon royalty, but... It was really cool. Um, when we went there, he had like a panel, and he was like drawing uh, the Rayquaza Gold Star for us uh, in the panel, which yeah, was yeah. really cool. I was like asking him a lot. It was funny. Um, like I asked him how he and uh, Rita met, you know, and because uh, for a while I found out that Arita was like his mentor, and yeah, yeah. Arita was the one who actually brought him into the Pokemon company and told Pokemon to give him a job doing art and it was funny because they met in like some online chat room uh because they both drew like dirty cartoons like lewd cartoons <laughs> so they would that's all a big that's a big business in japan oh yeah it definitely is it definitely you is read on the subway for hours they need to look at something when they uh... yeah 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 <laughs> and so it was I thought that it was really hilarious that you know they actually like met each other doing that and then um he did like some work on like a bunch of like early video games coming out of Japan like a a Gundam uh Gundam type of video game I think um he did like all of the all of the graphics for it um or all the art for it um but there it was crazy to see how like back then because like, um, I have another friend who's um, a professional snowboarder out of Japan. Um, his name is Nobu, okay. and he like he's Nobu. sponsored. He's sponsored by the likes of like uh, Red Bull and all these other like big companies. They like pay him just to yeah, go yeah. ride. And I met him in the states because uh, they were paying him uh, and his homie to go uh, down this big huge mountain in like Idaho or Montana or something. And so that's how I met him. But he was, like, telling me, like, there's, you know, you kind of have, like, as a young man, especially back then, um, like, from, like, the 70s to, you know, the early, even now, but, like, the early 2000s was, like, you know, the really big part. When you grew up as a male in Japan, you basically had two choices. You you go to school or you go to the Yakuza, you know, and there was, there wasn't a lot of options for men uh, in different uh, industries, you know, or different options to have, um, a different type of lifestyle. So my friend Nobu is a professional snowboarder. That's why he's a professional snowboarder is because he didn't want to be in the Yakuza life and he didn't want to go to school. And so he was like, I'm going to snowboard. And so he became a professional yeah. snowboarder. And I feel like, it sports. I feel like a big thing for, uh, people over there is art too. So like, I feel like that's like another choice in which, you know, somebody has a path especially nowadays, um, to take instead of going, you know, to Yakuza or school or whatever they want to do.
But it, it's pretty interesting to see that these old guys in the 90s, you know, talking about lewd cartoons on some weird chat room <laughs> to to be fucking Pokemon royalty later on in their lives. Like, that's oh, pretty yeah. incredible, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the manga culture in Japan is huge, although they have a lot of comic books mm-hmm. of different calibers, <laughs> oh, yeah. so to speak. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, I think, uh, Japan's a very interesting place to be. Did you, you, how long did you live there? And we lived there for two years. So we moved there in 2000 and we moved back in 2002. So uh, that was great. It was great fun. You know, it's, uh, it's just an amazing city to live in Tokyo. Yep. We didn't see much else of Japan. You know, it's Tokyo is so huge, so large. It's, you can just you explore don't ever have to leave, and explore. Huh? Yeah, you, you discover new things every day. And, you know, the food there is just crazy. Yeah, all the, all the different restaurants and all, all, you know, it's, if you're a food lover, Tokyo is, uh, it's, it's a great place to be. Awesome. And, uh, speaking of Tokyo, I think maybe when this Corona shit lifts, the, the next big holiday for the families, I'm, I think I convinced them all to go to Tokyo. You, you're, so re- you're reading my mind. Shopping somewhere here. Here's a few thousand bucks. Go buy some clothes, yeah. and, and I'll run down to Akihabara and you know the the gaming town. Yeah, yeah. City and troll through all yeah. the all the uh, Pokemon here's, stores. Here's ten thousand yen. I'm gonna take my million yen and go this way. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I feel you totally. <laughs> I, I, I could, you read my mind. I, I really, really want to go to Japan as well. Um, I think it would be huge, huge for me to get a lot of more perspective on like the Pokemon hobby and how it started the roots. And like, I want to go visit like the Pokemon tower and like their headquarters and stuff. And like, just like try to go up there and like, you know, talk and whatever, you know, I know I'm not going to get like an interview with anybody, but it would be cool just to like go, you know, see what can happen. Cause who knows? You might just walk by and like your energy and be like, you know what? Fuck it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you could try someone at Wagyu. You were deep into Wagyu beef, right? Yeah, Wagyu beef. Yeah, I love Wagyu beef. I'm a huge. Yep, I could talk about that. Good point. Tepanyaki or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, Yakiniku and I can't even remember. The other one. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm aiming too. to go there to, to um, to. Uh, it's uh, it's just a fun city to to explore. Yeah. It's so so many cool stores there. It's just crazy. Yeah. Speaking on Wagyu, it's, so it's like, oh man, that would be cool to go there because um, what's crazy is that there's a bowl, a Wagyu bowl in Japan that's like so sacred, like he's protected. His wang and his ball sack, they're protected by the government, okay? So the like the government it's in a government he's a facility. Yeah, dude. And like I would love to meet that guy. You know, that 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 bull is something yeah. special. Like he's literally under lock and key of the government. And that like the government they like regulate Wagyu like super super hard. So it's crazy to see like the most prized bull in Japan is actually like in a uh, government facility and not you know with some of the biggest farmers on in the country you know. Yeah, some of the Wagyu stuff is uh, the rare stuff they don't export. You only get it in Japan, right? Yeah, uh, the highest classes of the beef. 
Well, I, a lot of them do export, uh, but the, none of them, nobody's allowed to export genetics. No, or I mean okay. not genetics. Nobody's allowed to export livestock. So you can't you can't okay. export a live wagyu cow out of Japan. It just doesn't happen. Uh, in the beginning, okay. there's like there was like a few programs that allowed like some bulls and stuff to um, come out of uh, Japan, and that's why there's like a couple of farmers in Australia that have full blood, like actual full blood wagyu, and then there's like a, uh, one or two people in America that can say that they have actual full blood wagyu. But now there's no like no livestock can come out of the country. Only only sperm can come out of the country. And so okay. that's where you get like American Wagyu and Australian Wagyu and all the half half blood breeds. But it's yeah, it's really crazy. Like Wagyu is I don't know if you've tried it or like if Norway gets a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I know, I've tried, uh, tried many times. Uh, I just love it. it the A five stuff. Oh my goodness, bro! It, it really it's it's amazing, and I I I really like it, dude. I I really do. It's amazing. American Wagyu, Australian Wagyu, like, that's less rich, so you can eat a little bit more, you know, you get that really, really juicy flavor, that buttery, umami taste, you know, and then you're just filling it afterwards with the softest, most tender bite you've ever had, like, I, oh man, this is a Wagyu commercial all of a sudden. <laughs> so what's your take on the, on the Pokemon market going forward, Carlos, what do you think? Um, the Pokemon Where market. Are we I think you know time will tell. I don't know. I'm I'm not a fortune teller, but I hope that it. No, I hope that it goes you know well. Of course, who wouldn't? Um, my collection. You know, I'm not. I'm not upset if you know the market falls in half tomorrow. I'll put it to you that way. I don't. I don't have much into my collection. I was one of the lucky ones like you. Not as lucky as you, because you're paying fucking a hundred dollars for these boxes. I was paying a thousand, two thousand dollars for these boxes, but now that they're all five figures and above, it's it's really really hard. And so, I, even if the market falls in half, though, I'm not gonna really you know be nah, upset I'm about it because you know it's not about the money. And but I wouldn't be losing any anyways, you know, so it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But I think for sure we are on the downturn right now because the so, some of the growth we saw early on in uh, September October was was a bit unhealthy. I think because the market is not really regulated, there was too much shill bidding going on in many yeah. on many of these auctions. So you know, some some forces were fooling the market slightly. But uh, so uh, yeah. that's just my humble opinion i i agree i think that the market corrections were healthy and i think that you know just like any other market to to solidify itself in in the investable qualities it has to go up and down it can't just go up and 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 that what there's a few things you know that did that the tulip bulb and a few other like small commodities that were just way over uh capitalized and way over um, I don't know how else to put it, but it, just way overpraised, you know, and acted like it was the next thing, you know, where you could buy, you could buy buildings with the uh, tulip bulbs, you know, and that's yeah, and that's pretty crazy. Yeah, the to tulip crash of sixteen, the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah, and so like nobody ever wants to think of it that way, but I think it was healthy. I think it was good for the market correction to come back down. 
And anytime you see a market inflate like that, and you get every single person and their mama coming out of the woodworks to sell their product. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, yeah. it got to that point where a lot of people said, this is my sellout point. And then, boom, you're seeing 100 PSA 9 based at Charizards in auction at the same fucking time on eBay. At the same time, it's like, have you guys ever you know, heard of uh, market exchange? Because when you're doing that many at one time, where's the, where's the exclusivity, you know? And so yeah. you see a lot of people, you know, automatically get scared and say, oh, you know, this card I just spent $5,000 on and now it's 2500 Well, that card that's $2,500 last year was only 500 bucks. So I don't think you, sh- you know, anybody should really be complaining in terms of that. Even where the market correction came in, it's still f- double what it was last year. Yeah. So and why is anybody complaining? Aspects. No, I agree. And also it's uh, what, 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 what it has shown me is that uh, quality keeps value. So seal boxes haven't really seen, maybe some have, but you know, seal boxes in general, the real, the real good ones, they 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 are up. They they're keeping strong. Yep. And uh, but PSA nines, <laughs> sets, <laughs> unlimited sets. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it makes sense to me that uh, it comes down again. It's law of gravity. So it's it's yep. you know. The rare stuff keeps their value, and the not so rare stuff. Um, yep. And I mean, hard, I'm still I'm hard, still hard selling keep. stuff at record record pricing. You know, I mean, they're PSA tens, granted, and I think that you know that's the one one grade in a sense that you're not gonna really see take a dip just because the dis like you're supposed to have that kind of you know variety in terms of price because. A PSA 10 is supposed to be like a godly card, you know? So, of course, the yeah. the price of that card should be ungodly compared to the PSA 9. And yeah, for sure. So, a lot of my PSA 10s that I've been selling, I've been selling at record pricing. Like, I'm setting the new record high, and that's, that's pretty amazing to see in a climate where people are complaining about a bunch of PSA 9 Charizards going down back to half of what they were, you know? And... To me, I just you know I I don't I don't see uh, a lot of sympathy you know because these people I think are losing the fundamentals of what collecting Pokemon is okay it's not yeah. supposed to be about money it's not supposed to be about a financial gain in any sense of the word it's you're supposed to collect what you like collect what you love and it will always yeah. work out and it's always worked out for me and that's why I say that you know and I think. It's very true. I collected what I loved. I collected what I liked, and I may not be some millionaire today from Pokemon, but I'm doing I'm doing well for myself, you know. And yeah. I think that that's important. And everybody is, you know, not everybody. A lot of people are looking to to spend ten dollars today and wake up tomorrow a millionaire, and that's just simply yeah. not how it works. And Pokemon is damn sure not going to take you there. Game. Yeah, it's a patience game. It's a patience sure. game. Yeah, for sure. And to where we are, you know, in terms of like the social media aspect and the the PokeTuber aspect, and there's a lot of different ways that that people can market themselves um, if they're worried about making money in this space. You know, I just I'm happy where I am. I don't need to make any more money, and that really shows itself when you see the kind of sales that I have. You know, and I I I, I firmly believe that. 
when you stress out about something, you worry about something, then it doesn't happen for you. But when you just chill back, let it cool off, you know, no big deal, then shit happens, you know, because it's not about being upset and the stress and the worry that causes you. I think that causes more damage to you than being happy and just tranquil and letting stuff go and not letting it bother you as much. And I, I, I really want a lot of other people to start thinking in that way because then the the hobby will grow and it won't you won't see the dips yeah. like that's what i hope i hope them you know hobby like will that con- and i also yeah i agree with it i i i hope and i also think that the hobby will grow uh if you look at the trend year on year it's it's gradually increasing even though we might be on a slightly downturn right now as you speak if you look on the on the bigger picture the longer term I think, you know, when he came into 216 at the Pokemon Go hype, it was huge again, but, and it fell from there, but now it's, it's, it's gone further up and it falls a little bit from the top now. But I think when you, when you reach the bottom again, now it's higher than the bottom after the Pokemon Go. Yep. If you see what I mean. So, oh, yeah. so hopefully a lot of the people flowing into the hobby now will, will stay and, uh, and grow the hobby. I think. Also, that the hobby is it's 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 um it's maturing and, and getting more and more serious. So that's that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, I agree. Compared totally. to earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, I think there's been some cycles. There's a lot more respect, um, in the collector space. Um, I I feel like, um, in terms of it, you know, like a lot of a couple years ago, you know, a lot of people didn't take me seriously. And didn't think, you know, Pokemon would ever be as mainstream as it is today. Um, even though you can just look at the franchise numbers themselves and that'll tell you different because Pokemon is, is more popular than Star Wars, Harry Potter. It's more popular than fucking most sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just oh, yeah, a fact. Sure. <laughs> and, and so... Past, you know, Magic as well. I think the, yeah. the, oh, yeah. now the, the most expensive Pokemon card is... Is now more expensive than the most expensive uh, magic, magic card, card right? Yep. That yeah. is true. And the the what's it called? The black black lotus. Black lotus. Yeah, yeah. And it's a specific. That's a most expensive card, but the actual most expensive card is that card. But it was specifically signed by the late Christopher Rush, and yeah, yeah. it was like a hundred percent difference in the price, <laughs> if unsigned to sign. And he actually drew. He, he's drawing the Pokemon card. You know that? Uh, yeah. He drew the, the Mewtwo. Mewtwo from LC, or it was a yeah. promo card, but uh, the promo card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In LC, they put it as like a reverse hollow. There's a few signed cards, so that one. I, I, I know. I know a couple of owners too. I wanna. I wanna buy them, but they don't yeah. want to sell them. <laughs> That's a rare card, I guess. Not many of those. Yeah, it's and it's and it's different. It's it's really crazy because like you know it's he's not he's not like this crazy um, revered as like a godlike artist in Pokemon. You know he's only revered no, that no. way in Magic. So like hit if that was he a signed ma- that if that Pokemon was a signed card. Magic card, yeah, I think he did only did that one Pokemon card. But it, yeah, yeah. if that card was a signed Magic card, the Magic community would never let that go for less than five figures. You know what I'm saying? Ever in their entire yeah. lives, okay? It doesn't matter what fucking Magic card. It could have been fucking fucked up, you know? And, but if since it's on a Pokemon card, oh, well, no, you know? Even though it's their favorite fucking artist. Just because it's on a Pokemon Crazy. card, they're not about it. Yeah, I've talked to a few people who are like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, soon I guess they will 
change their mind. Hopefully. <laughs> I think, I mean, like, right now, I've been collecting. That's, this I is my it's thing. It's signed stuff. That's my huge thing is signed, is signed cards, signed memorabilia. I have, like, blisters, boxes, um, packs, cards, you know, different items, hats, plushies. You know, it's just I like, I like signatures. And I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff, um, a lot of value in, in signatures, I think. I think you have, like, a piece of that person in a sense, you know, and I think that that's special. Yeah. It's, you know, you look at a Mona Lisa. Uh, Would you buy the Mona Lisa without his signature right there? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> you've got that uh, reverse holo from Legend, uh, Legendary Collection. That's the Charizard 1010, right? Yep. I or do. have you sold it? No. You still have it? I still have it. That's a great I had a couple offers. That's a great card, by the way. Thank you. It's a pop one. It's the only one in the world at a 1010 ever. Um, there's like five at a nine ten, <laughs> and there's zero at a ten nine. Mine's the only ten ten. Yeah, I have a few cards that are like that. I think, I think they're pretty pretty special. A lot of people, you know, don't don't really you know see the value in the signed card, but I like it. I like it a lot. Like this one. This one's a beautiful one. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a beauty. That's a great card. I know. I love the gold stars, man. I really do. I'm trying to find another one. Um, another signed card. I have so many slabs, bro. It's not even funny. I have like three, 4,000 slabs. Something like that. Wow. That's a lot. Well, I told you How I was trying you? to collect. I have like, I have like 350, 400 Tops Chrome slabs, like yeah, just just fucking Tops Chrome. <laughs> like that's so much, dude. It's so much, and they're all like PSA tens, pretty much all of them, ninety ninety five percent of them, yeah. I guess those tents. Chrome cards, they are they're really high quality when they they're printed, so it's probably easier to get tens, right? Or um, it depends. Maybe not. The the Spectras. Um, and the, the sparkles and the technos were easier, are easier to get tens out of them, I believe, just because they were the last card in the pack. And usually they didn't like sit perfectly aligned in the pack. And that's where you get the presses and like those lines from, because like, let's say the, 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 the first four cards are shifted, right? Yeah. And that back card is whatever and it's pressing up against the card that's above it right the card that's above it could be a non-spectra or like a just a regular chrome charizard but because that has yep. a line on it it's a seven at best yeah because it's like a press it's really weird i told you it's like a soft cardboard it's like almost spongy yep. only like the top layer on the chrome cards are actually like hard it's so weird. Um, that's why I like regular Pokemon cards because these Topps Chrome cards are like a they're like a sports card. They're all thick. Yeah, you know they're like a millimeter, two millimeters thick card. Like that's a that's a fucking thick card. Like these ones, Pokemon cards, they're like not even a millimeter. It's like a half a millimeter, quarter of a millimeter thickness. You know, so it's like a lot yeah. harder to to see the impressions yeah. on them. You know, or to yeah. actually dent dent the card. 
Because they're really thick, and they also curve a little bit, those chrome cards, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, those I corners are really weak, cards. too. The corners are super, super weak. Because it, it, uh, unlike Pokemon cards, too, yeah, you the sharp the, corners. they're sharp yeah, corners. corners. They're sharp corners. Yeah. yeah, they're not rounded. So a lot of those times, those corners, they get they get damaged extremely easy. So, like, they don't, they don't last... They don't last long out in the wild for sure, but yeah. yeah, dude, it's it's been it's been really cool. I'm glad to see that you know a, a person who has it all uh, in terms of sealed collections <laughs> still out there buying and buying like you know it's it's going out of style. That's that's a beautiful thing. A lot of people I know they get to their goals or they you know get in within range of it and then they stop everything else and it's you know they don't continue on and try to like make something else a new goal or still have fun with it and i I think that's pretty special and probably keeps you young too huh and that's what i like about pokemon there's always something happening something new coming out like you know have hidden fates last year and you have shiny we this year and you know maybe next year there will be a 25th anniversary set so there's always i think also pokemon is developing the brand or or you know the, the cards in in the right direction there's always something cool coming out or some promo cards or some cool boxes or sets or whatever yeah. so it's it's never ending yeah. it's it is virtually impossible to complete uh, a complete collection I really, I really want, I really want Pokemon to start, you know, taking a little bit of plays from Sports World, and start doing numbered cards. What do you oh, think? Yeah, what do you think what would happen? Like a, a one of ten Charizard, or like a one of one Mewtwo, or something. You know, wouldn't that fucking be gnarly? I guess it would be more, more, more investors coming in, you know, from from the sports world. Yeah, or, I guess. Yep, I can know. see that. And you know it's the, the big thing in sports is you know, is rookie cards, one on ones, relics, you know, with uh, yep. uh, and patches and stuff like that, yep. and signed cards. So uh, so um, I'm not sure Nintendo want to go that route because for them, I think the big thing is it's a kid's game, right? Yeah, basically it's not it's, like a collectible uh, to them. They see it as a kid's thing. They don't really support the collectors, you know, by reprinting Hidden Fates and stuff like that. It's not yeah. collector-friendly. No. You know, I bought a hell of a lot of Unbroken Bombs and... Uh, and um, Ultra, Ultra Prism. Prism. Yeah. And I was so fucked, you know. It's, um, it, you know, I, I bought it at lower prices, but then, then uh, it went up and it went down again because they reprinted. So there's a lot of reprint risk on the modern stuff so yeah. uh, I've learned well, I learned my lessons <laughs> but I know it, it would have been cool if, if you had one ones or numbered cards stuff like that to be honest but I think it I would be cool but I'm not sure they would go that route but they have slightly in Japan by you know uh, with this um, at end of the year the last three or four years they have come out you know with shiny V and last year they had the, the old the um the tag team all stars yep and uh and you had um, the the ultra shiny set the year before yep ultra shiny gx yeah just a second uh, carlos no problem
So yeah, I'm just gonna take this space and talk about Jan. Um, it, it, it's pretty cool to to have somebody like him on the on the podcast. the The perspective that he has, I think, is really interesting. So I'm I'm really hoping that you guys are listening. Oh, we got him I'm back. back. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think it would be cool. Uh, also, like the like to touch on that. What's that one briefcase? The Team Rocket briefcase. That they only made oh, yeah, like a thousand of, or like five thousand of, or something, and now those briefcases are what, it's like fifteen um, G's or something? Oh, don't you fucking pull it out! No, I don't have that one, but I oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> the ultra premium one for Sword and Shield. And this one, right? Uh, that one's the, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a so, collector item. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a collector item that it. That's kind of like that briefcase. Those are crazy expensive yeah. now too. Those boxes. I think it's like three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars now, but it's it's getting there. The, I'm I I'm think. pretty sure they're a little bit higher than that. And then okay, the, all those cards, much. all those cards in PSA tens are equal more than that as well. So, so I think in Japan they they are you know they are approaching the collector in with product, but I don't see that really happening in in Europe or internationally in the U.S. Yep. To be honest, they have the sword and shield. Well, you have that premium. sword and shield. Yeah, yeah, no, that's something. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I'll buy you know, I think I think they produce a ton of it. You know what I'm saying? And then like they're not telling anybody the numbers of it. You know, I'm pretty sure they released how much they that they only released a thousand of those Team Rocket briefcases or whatever number it was. Rare. Yeah, they are, especially sealed like factory sealed. What the hell, man? I can't I can't find those for less than like ten thousand or something now. Like, blows my mind. But the, if you have the the cards in piece, it can, it's two cards, right? It's, it's two, two cards. It's Giovanni cards. and Persian, Persian, and then it's uh, James and Jesse, and the other one. And in PSA ten now, those cards are five K or yep. more. Yep, yep, yep. There's those, uh, there's actually a pop one. There's a pop one ten ten of uh, of the Giovanni with the Persian um, signed by Arita. Yeah, what the fuck, right? Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm a I'm a vivid Japanese collector. So I follow the Japanese market. Yeah, you know, and you know, collect buy a lot of the promos and uh, and uh, you know the quality of the cards and the, the art of the boxes and you know the whole the whole shebang is is uh, is, is is a great place to be in in my opinion. So I, I really look forward to. I think that Team Rocket Box was released in the twentieth anniversary in two thousand sixteen. Or 2015. CP6. Yep. yep. Yeah, with, with the CP, around the CP6 type box, right? Yep. Yep. But I, I, so it will be interesting to see what they release in Japan for the 26th anniversary. Maybe. I really hope they, because uh, I'm going to buy a lot of it. I really want a lot of it because a lot of that product was cool. And I was really upset with myself that I didn't get that Pokemon Collection Master set, the one that you just pulled out. Because um, there's a lot of good promo cards in that in that box as well. And they retailed for like a hundred dollars or hundred and fifty dollars, really cheap compared to what they're selling for now. And so even if I want to get into it, I'm like spending a pretty penny trying to do so. And then te- and the Team the Rocket Super is Mario. just fucking the Super Mario the collectors boxes. Super Mario boxes. Those were um, those are like two K now, two K yeah, each. Yep. 
I, I, uh, back in September, I stupidly sold mine for 1700 both of them. Yeah, they're more than 2K now, especially the red one, the Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. Luigi's Super... a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah, of course. Makes sense. But it's products like that. I, I, uh, that's what drives me to buy, um, I have, an, uh, an, an open Japanese cards. I have a lot of those. I have the Gyarados and Magikarp. I have both of their Quazas, both of the uh, Charizards. And then I have a 10-9 Gyarados signed by Kuki Saito, which I'm oh, super wow. proud of. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. I I told you, I have a lot of like signed shit, man. It's so weird. Like You could, you could pull out some random card. I'd be like, oh, actually, I have that one signed. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I'd love some. I mean, cards. I would love to see some of your collection one day. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot, there's a lot to go through. Um, I think that's definitely for another conversation, though. We're fucking, we're, we're, yeah. we're, ki- we're killing the game right now, man. We're doing a great job. Um, I just, I yeah. really appreciate you coming on the show for sure. It was really dope. Yeah, it's been really fun, to be honest. So, thank um, you, man. It's, uh, it's uh, great to uh, to meet to meet you again, Carlos. Yeah, right. I uh, our last conversation when it was the boys, me, you, Lewis, and yeah, Nas. that was with Mouse, right? Yeah, yeah, that was fun, man. I actually I think we should we should do more stuff like that and just go live and you know start like a a, a, a talk show type of thing, you know, with yeah. with all po- the homies. Pokemon and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well shit man. Um we're gonna let's let's end it there and I just you know, to yeah. all the viewers, smash that like button. We really appreciate you and subscribe. Yawn, uh how do you say your last name? Bekeng or Beking? Yeah, Be- Beking, yeah. Yeah, Beking. And uh Jan Becking and Well EX on Instagram. Make sure you guys go give him a follow. Make sure you guys go subscribe to his post and his YouTube. He's a really, really huge Pokemon collector. I'm really glad to have him on the show today. And we're going to end it right there because it's been a long time. And make sure you guys go check out the next show. And have a good night, yo. Thanks.